This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Talking Reds baseball once again on this Friday, April 22nd with Reds reporter Mark Sheldon. Mark, we thank you for the time as always. And, uh, of course, Mark, again, we're speaking on a Friday about uh, 12 hours removed from Jake Arrieta's no-hitter. We have to address this, of course. Uh, Let's just say a difficult night for the Reds as uh, Arrieta throws his second career no-hitter. And the Reds fall 16 to nothing. The first time the Reds have been no-hit since 71. That was actually... The longest streak in baseball, that uh, distinction now goes to the A's. But just talk about some of the uh, locker room reaction last night from Brian Price and from the players after being on the, the wrong side of the no-hitter last night. Yeah, it, it, well, you know, just one thing you never know about when you come to work every day is what's going to happen, and you just don't come to work expecting a no-hitter. And I'm sure they didn't expect it for themselves. Um you know, they had a good pitcher in Finnegan going. And, you know, Jake Arrieta, he's flirted with no-hitters before, but – he obviously didn't even have his best stuff, and he was able to pull one off. And there was a sense of embarrassment. Brian Price, in a way, was like, I hope they can put this aside and forget it. But then on the other hand, maybe they should remember this. Remember that this feeling, and that way maybe it won't happen again. They, they, they should maybe get this, you know, and just let it, let it sit for a little while and let them think about it. Jay Bruce was very gracious that, you know, Arietta beat them. But, of course, he's just – he was also conceding the fact that they, they just didn't do anything, and that was the uh, kind of the onus. As Scott Shubler said, you don't think about no hitters when you're the hitter. Maybe until the eighth inning doesn't start sinking in that it's real, and, and he was the only runner that got to second base. He was uh, on first base with a walk in the ninth and took second on defensive indifference, and that was the only runner they had in scoring position all night. So uh, it's the worst uh, margin of, of defeat in a no-hitter in the modern era, and it's going back to 1884, so it's definitely – when they, uh, whether they want to forget it or not, it's in the record books for, for at least a little while. And, uh, of course, this joins the no-hitter when they were no-hit in the playoffs in 2010 as another, uh, as another rough one for the club in the last uh, you know, decade. Yeah, like you said, it's in the record books now. No erasing it, and uh, it, it was what it was. Like you said, a, a 16 nothing loss, and I find it interesting that, you know, Brian Price said that uh, they were embarrassed. Uh, that's not to take anything away from Jake Arrieta, who is, you could make an argument, the best pitcher in baseball right now. But, uh, you know, tough night for the Reds. And, uh, you know, was the consensus that Arietta just had unbelievable stuff or was that, you know, his stuff was good, not great, and the Reds just did nothing on their end to combat him? I think a little of both. I don't think they sat there and thought he had amazing stuff. I, even the Cubs were conceding that he did not have his best stuff last night. But he had, you know, the, he always has kind of no-hit type stuff when he comes to the mound one way or the other. Uh, and they, you know, they had a couple of close calls. They, they did have a, a ground ball that went to third base, and Bryant made a nice play and two hops a throw to Rizzo. And they, one of the key plays really was in the fourth, I believe, Suarez walks. 
gets picked off by David Ross at first base while Votto's batting. So they were able to re, you know, realign the infield, and, and Votto hit the ball for a diving stop by Rizzo, and who covered, you know, Arietta was covering and got the out. But if if if, if uh, Rizzo is covering first base, that ball is going to get through, and that's a hit, and, and we're not even having this this part of the conversation. So, uh, but generally it was just you know, a good old fashioned beat down the the, the the pitching. You know, uh, Brandon Finnegan said he had good stuff. He felt better last night than he did against the Cubs when he he had a no hitter going into the seventh inning. Uh, but the relief uh, behind him certainly didn't give them a, a chance. Yeah, and I find it interesting about uh, Finnegan. The first time around against the Cubs, uh, he brought the no-no into the seventh inning, I believe, in the Cubs' home opener. He was uh, fantastic. And last night, even though the the onus, uh, you know, kind of fell on the on the bullpen for that blowout loss, sixteen nothing. It's clear Finnegan did not have his best stuff. Did not have the stuff he had against the Cubs the first time around at Wrigley. Uh, what were the differences uh, between the two starts for him? He 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 maintains that he thought he had better stuff than than he did at Wrigley. He he, he felt like he, the two home run balls. He he certainly would like to have those back, but he didn't regret the other hits that he gave up. He, he felt like they were they were they were just hits. They happened, but he he didn't. You know the the home runs he he definitely would want back, but the his consensus was that he felt better and he thought he threw better uh, than he did. And he, you know, you can't explain how sometimes guys have that feel horrible or they're not having a good bullpen before the game. They go out and have their best game of their career. Sometimes it's, it's the opposite and it just, it's the way it went. That's, that's baseball. We hear it from so many guys, like you said, they have a terrible bullpen. They go out and throw a perfect game or they, or they feel like a million bucks in their, in their bullpen. They're gone after two innings. Uh, that is, is baseball to a T right there. So, Again, not a good night uh, for the Reds, uh, to say the least, uh, on the wrong end of Jake Arrieta's second career no-hitter. Moving on from that, uh, somewhat uh, interesting stat following the blowout uh, loss last night. The Reds are now, according to baseball reference, uh, 0-4 in blowout games, which is classified as anything five runs or more. But in one-run games, and I find this interesting given the bullpen struggles, the Reds are actually 5-2. and two. That kind of caught my eye. Is there enough uh, of a sample size here, Mark, to say that most of the victories the Reds are going to earn this season are going to be of the of the hard fought variety, and they're not going to have too many too many laughers during the course of this season? It, it, until they get their bullpen situation straightened out, that does seem to be the case. Uh, that's, that's only a little misleading because there's a couple of occasions where they had a bigger lead going into the ninth inning, and and things got hairy towards the end, and the other team came back, like like the uh, Cardinals. They they lost to the Reds nine to eight. Uh, and the other day there was a loss uh, over the weekend with, or this week with Colorado where, where Hoover gave up a two-run homer to you know, make it a 4-3 game when it was 4-1. So uh, they, they need to figure out the bullpen to, to hold these leads down and to make them a little more secure and to keep the other team from coming back. But that's, I think unless the offense can consistently score more runs, and they've done a nice job of that at some points during the year, not against the Cubs, but if they can give them a lead that's, that's uh, comeback-proof, uh, they'll be okay, and they have some guys that are hitting. Votto is not one of them, but Jay Bruce is hitting. Zach Cozart's hitting really well, uh, and uh, you know Adam Duvall's hitting. So they have to find a, a, a balance where the, the starting pitching, the hitting, and the bullpen are all kind of working in hand. Yeah, let's go back uh, to the bullpen for a moment. As uh, just recently, a day or two ago, nothing more than that, uh, Brian Price saying that they're going to go uh, closer by committee, and JJ Hoover's not going to be the the everyday guy uh, for closing situations in the ninth inning, but. Uh, Price also made it clear that he's still a big fan of J.J. Hoover, wants him to get straightened out because he wants to put him uh, back into that closer's role as quickly as possible. And 
closer by committee is one of those terms in baseball that's that's kind of frowned upon. It's kind of poo-pooed as something that, well, good in theory, not so great in practice. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, it could could this work out for the Reds? It could. I, the, the, the real issue, though, is, is I'm not really sure who else they have an option besides Hoover. It's not like all the all the relievers leading up to him have been doing a, a bang-up job either, and you know, Hoover's the weak link. It's not like that at all. It's it, everyone except for Caleb Cotham has struggled, and he's he's right now been the lone guy that's really seemed to have done a nice job. Um, you know, Tony Singrani would seem to present himself as a as a really good closer candidate with the, his background in college as a closer and just that he throws real hard. But then there's a problem is that he's left-handed and the only left-hander they have in either the majors or AAA. So there's really no uh, way to set up uh, to get to you know the ninth inning with another left-hander if he's not there. Uh, the thing is with this team is that there's really, you know, as, and Price mentioned this, is that it's devoid of, of superstars in, in the bullpen. There's no real aged veterans that can sit there and say they, they're deserving of a certain role, whether it's closing or the setup or anything like that. So uh, in that situation, he, he has the, the room not to, you know, make anyone mad by, by doing this. You know, until they earn it and, and show it on the field with performance, he, he's kind of got – he's got uh, – the right, I guess, to make a closer by committee and have the best guy, you know, surface. I, I honestly think that once the rotation injuries start ending and guys start coming off the disabled list, you know, Homer Bailey, and Anthony DiScofani, and John Lamb, et cetera, I think you might see some of those guys that are currently in the rotation may migrate over to the bullpen. And to me, a guy like Alfredo Simon, if he's healthy, could possibly be the answer to their eighth inning or, or their ninth inning issues because I think he could certainly step in and close and not have any – not have as many issues if he's on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. For, for so many years, you took that closer's role for granted because you had the best in the game doing it. Uh, just Mr. Automatic. He, of course, now with the Yankees, meaning he rolled this Chapman, and now uh, the Reds starting from scratch trying to figure out the, the ninth-inning jigsaw puzzle. J.J. Hoover, at least for the time being, not the answer. We'll see how this corrects itself as the season wears on. Uh, Mark, in the time we have left, uh, you mentioned some of the guys still on the mend in the starting rotation uh, among the Disco Fighting and Bailey. Uh, give us health updates on them. Yeah, Bailey threw in Louisville uh, Thursday night. He's going to have at least two more rehab starts, uh, increasing the innings little by little. Uh, Anthony DiScofani is going to go down to Pensacola on Saturday and have probably two rehab starts. John Lamb is pitching tonight in Louisville, uh, probably has two more to go. Then they'll reassess where he is. Uh, and, um, Lorenzen, who first had an elbow injury in spring training and then got sidetracked by mononucleosis and lost 20 pounds, he's just started playing catch again. And uh, his future is right now murky in the sense that they haven't really addressed the idea. They just want to get him healthy enough to be to be you know working out and pitching, but they haven't figured out whether they're going to try to express route him, maybe use him in a bullpen role. He's another guy that could represent as a closer possibly. And uh, but if not, you know obviously he's a rotation guy too. That's what he wanted to, to compete for in camp. So uh, some things remain to be seen, but they are going to get some guys back within the next two or three weeks. Uh, good news for the Reds. And, Mark, just to wrap up, quick update on uh, Billy Hamilton. Not in the lineup last night, and he seems to be suffering some ill effects from a spectacular catch he made on Jackie Robinson Day to rob Matt Carpenter of a home run. What's the latest on Hamilton? Yeah, he's not in the lineup again today. Uh, he hurt himself making that catch, but it was it was still manageable, and he could still get through. It was a left-thumb contusion. But then he aggravated it on, uh, I believe, Wednesday. He tried to make a diving catch, and that's when I think he, he really hurt it. And he had his hand in a 
and a kind of a soft cast. They wanted to keep the thumb immobilized so that it wouldn't get you know banged into or anything like that. He's available for things like pinch running and defense, but right now it still bothers him to hit. And I'm sure when we see the manager in a little bit, we might get an update. Well, Mark, if we're discussing another no-hitter at this time next week, hopefully it's by a Reds pitcher. We'll certainly hold out hope for that. Uh, Mark Sheldon, thank you so much for the time. As always, in the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.